Thanks for joining us for Open Bible Online today. Open Bible Baptist Church has been in South Jersey for over 60 years. We love this community and we want to be a help to you. In order to help us help you in the best way possible, would you do us a favor? Please fill out the digital connection card posted in this link. Here you could post prayer requests and also ask any questions you may have about Open Bible. If you'd like to give today, you could give online in less than two minutes. Visit openbiblenj.org for more information. Thanks again for joining us today. Now enjoy the service. Hey, for those who might be a guest this morning in the room, let me update you a little bit on what's going on at our church. Our church is in a process this right now where we're looking for our next senior pastor. So over the last several months, we've been developing a process of what that's going to look like. And then we are going to be, over the next few months moving forward, praying about who God would send. And then we're going to be eventually voting on who the next pastor of our church is going to be. So during that time, we've been able to be privileged to hear from many, many different people. And this morning is no different. So this morning, most of you in the room will know him, but his name is Tyler Austin. He's one of our assistant pastors. If you're a guest in the room this morning, I know you're going to love his preaching. But let's welcome him as he comes now to speak and open your Bibles and your hearts to the Word of God this morning. All right, if you take uh, the Word of God in New Testament, and the seventh book of the New Testament, 1 Corinthians, and as soon as you find your place there, I would ask just out of respect for the Word of God, if you don't mind standing, if you're physically able to do so, I uh, would appreciate you just out of respect for the Word of God as we look to these pa- this passage of Scripture here in 1 Corinthians chapter 2. And as you're turning there and as you are um, standing, I want to just take this last opportunity. I'm looking around to see if I see this young man. David Coltrane, are you in the room? Okay, wonderful. You're right up here in the front. I should see you, but uh, appreciate your um, willingness to serve. And my uh, last opportunity to really uh, say anything about him, he's an intern this summer and has done a great job and uh, worked hand-in-hand together and just a great help and an extreme blessing and has had a mind to work and his own initiative uh, on his own doing things and um, very much uh, been a great help, taught in kids' ministry many times, preached multiple times on Wednesday night, as well as uh, done a lot of the landscaping around the property and a variety of things, uh, the men and boys camp out, a variety of other things. Uh, one of the things he told me recently is, he said, I didn't realize there were so many different facets of ministry to ministry. And uh, so I'm thankful that he learned that. And then just a couple of weeks ago, an extreme uh, blessing is he got to lead his first soul to the Lord at junior camp. So we're just thankful for that. And I just appreciate him. I wanted to thank him for the great job he's done this summer. Appreciate his willingness to serve. And he's done an excellent job uh, this summer. So let's turn, as we have, to 1 Corinthians uh, chapter 2. I, I trust you're there. In the latter part of the chapter, verse 12, we'll read these verses. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 12. Now we have received not the spirit of the world, but the spirit which is of God, that we might know the things that are freely given to us of God, which things also we speak not in the words which man's wisdom teacheth, but which the Holy Ghost teacheth, comparing spiritual things with spiritual. But the natural man receiveth not the things of the spirit of God, for they are foolishness unto him, neither can he know them because they are spiritually discerned. But he that is spiritual judgeth all things, yet he himself is judged of no man. For who hath known the mind of the Lord, that he may instruct him? Notice, please, but we have the mind of Christ. Let's go to the Lord in prayer, please. Would you with me? Lord, I thank you for the opportunity to preach. 
And Lord, I thank you for this church. And Lord, we come together today to hear from the Word of God, to hear from you. I thank you for the singing up to this point. But Lord, it's all directed so that we might hear from thee. And Lord, I pray that our heart is ready right now to receive what you want of us. I pray that you will help me to be dead to self and alive to the Savior. And Lord, speak to me once again through this passage of Scripture as we look at it this morning. Lord, it'll be worth it. You say your word will not return void, and it'll be worth it this morning if one person is refreshed, revived, gain access back to the Holy Spirit and the filling of the Holy Spirit. I ask for that filling right now. Lord, if one person comes to a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ, it'll be worth it. And Lord, I pray that our desire will be restored to just go after Thee and to follow hard after the path that You have for us, because You are worthy of following. I thank You and I love You. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you. You may be seated. You know, this, this morning, as, as any morning, we live in a world heavily inundated with commercials and advertisements and, and products and things that are pushed in front of us all the time. How many of you have ever found yourself saying, man, I want that? But then that, you know, changes from day to day. And it's a different that. It's something else, another that. And that continues to change. And if we're not careful, we always are kind of finding ourselves thinking we need something else. And we want something else. And the appeal to have the latest and greatest, I mean, you name it, whatever it might be, is ever present in our face. Right? And it might come through a screen, it might come through a piece of paper, it might come through a variety of different means. Even as children, children have the pressure to be cool. And the cool pressure is put on them based upon what they wear, based upon what they have, maybe what they, what they uh, look like. But can I tell you this morning, as a Christian, we have all we need. We have everything we need. And the Bible tells us two things here this morning that we have. In verse 12, it says, Now we have received not the Spirit of the world, but the Spirit which is of God. And then in verse 16, I hope you noticed it as we just read it this morning, but we have the mind of Christ. As a Christian, we have all we need. In 1 Timothy 6, 8, Paul is talking to Timothy, a son in the faith, and he says to Timothy, he says, And having food and raiment, therewith be content. And he says in Psalms 37, 16, that David, in the Word of God, God uses these words in Scripture, it says, A little, just a little that a righteous man hath is better than the riches of many wicked. How can we be content with just food and raiment? How can a little that a righteous man hath be better than the riches of many wicked? Because we must realize in 1 Timothy 6, 7, before Paul told Timothy in 1 Timothy 6, 8 to be content with food and raiment, he says this, he says, you brought nothing into the world, and it is certain you can carry nothing out. Blaze and Miranda are about to have a baby here pretty soon, any day now. And uh, could, could be today, could be tomorrow, could be who knows when. I know Blaze is ready and Miranda is very much ready. But you know, when they have that baby, that baby's not going to come carrying into this world anything in her hands. She's not carrying anything into her hands. And you won't see as well being carried out, you won't see a U-Haul behind a hearse. 
because we cannot take anything with us. In the funerals that I've attended, I've never seen that take place and because we don't carry anything out of this world. And the reason the Apostle Paul is able to say, even in 1 Timothy 6, 7, and 8, to be content with just food and raiment, and even a little that a righteous man hath is better than the riches of many wicked, is because Paul found himself content in Christ. And Christ was enough for him. And no wonder Paul says in Philippians then later on, he says, not that I speak in respect of want, for I have learned in whatsoever state I am therewith to be content. In verse 16 it says, and which brings us to also Paul in Corinthians saying, we have the mind of Christ. And I tell you this morning, not only do we have access to the master, where in Matthew 7 it says, ask, shall be given. Seek, you shall find. Knock, shall be opened. But we also, that's an amazing privilege of prayer, but we also have access to the master mind of Christ. You know, one of the things I found out about life is just because I have something doesn't mean that I know where I put it. You say, oh, you're just getting old. Okay. Well, maybe I can relate with some of you then. Or just because I have something doesn't mean I even know what the potential is. Because if I don't use it, not just lose it, but I, if I don't use it, I don't realize what the potential is. As a young man, I remember giving, giving a job, and I thought, wow, this is going to be fun. It's going to be an exciting job. I was given a job in Kentucky to be able to demolish a mobile home. And the owner wanted me to take that mobile home and literally just get rid of every bit of it. And he wanted to clear the property and, and wanted to make room for another house. And I also remember at that time, I was working at a rental company. And so I had access to just about any tool I wanted or needed. Of course, I had to rent it still, but I could choose out of all those tools what I could choose. So by all means, the right tool for the right job. But even the right tool for the right job is not always the best tool for the job. And so I could have chosen a chisel, and I could have gone to town with a chisel trying to demolish this house, and I'd still be there today trying to do it. And even the hammer that hits the chisel, I could have used that, and that would be a better tool than the chisel. And they were there on the shelf, and I could have picked those off, and I, I could have then moved on to maybe a sledgehammer, which would be better than just a hand hammer and just a nail hammer. A sledgehammer could take some walls down. But all along in the yard, there's an excavator and a skid steer. All along, I had access to a tool and to a piece of machinery, two pieces of machinery that could really tear some walls down and really do some damage. But can I tell you this morning, it was still not the best tool. Although I used an excavator, although I used a skid steer, and, and, I, and I was thankful for those two pieces of items, it still took me hours to accomplish the task to remove all the debris and to get rid of all that place but I still had something else that could have been available to me if I just knew a professional. So I want you to take your Bible and please look at 1 Corinthians 2, verse 4 and 5. And I'll tell you just in a second what that access to the professional could have been. 
Because in 1 Corinthians 2, verse 4 and 5, it says, And my speech and my preaching was not with enticing words of man's wisdom, but in demonstration of the Spirit and of power, that your faith should not stand in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. That word power is talking about dunamis in the, in the Greek, and it comes also from our word that we present day know as dynamite. And can I tell you this morning, if I had access to a professional that had some dynamite, that would have been some power, and that would have taken some seconds to get rid of all of that mobile home and all of that place, but I did not have access to a professional. But you and I, dear Christian, and you and I, fellow believer or unbeliever, if you desire to have power and you desire to have the power of God, the power of God is going to come through accessing the professional and the mastermind of Christ. And you and I have access to all the power we need with the power of the Holy Spirit. I wonder, do you and I still believe in the power of God? The only way that you and I can answer that question is whether or not we've asked for it lately. Wonder when's the last time you and I said, God, out of anything I want, please put that fresh anointing, put the power of God upon my life. When's the last time you said, God, I need your filling. God, I need the power of God upon my life, and I'm asking for the Holy Spirit's guidance and direction and wisdom. I need the Holy Spirit today. I wonder, as Christians, have we just kind of come accustomed to picking up the wrong tool and trying to get the job done? And getting the job done, but the fire can be lit, but it doesn't mean it's the fire from God. So I say this morning, do we still believe the power of God is available enough for us to ask for it daily, for us to beg God for His power upon our life and dear Christian, it doesn't just come down to the one who, who preaches or teaches. It should be even begged more by the one who preaches and teaches. But dear Christian, it's just as good enough and available for you to use and just as powerful if we access it, if we get a hold of the best tool for the job. God is waiting for us to take hold of it. It's powerful, and we can have the mind of Christ. But the Bible also says this. In Philippians 2.5, it says, Let this mind be in you. you got to let it. It's not just going to happen. It's not just going to fall from the sky. It's not just going to happen because I want it. I desire it. No, it's going to take letting this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. I must go to God for this. We have all we need, but whether or not we have what we need and whether or not we're accessing, whether or not we're using what we need is a totally different story. And I pray that it's not. I pray that it's a matter that we are accessing God because just as I mentioned earlier, you know, sometimes when we lose something, we have to go back and you have to think, where did I last leave that? And it takes in our mind thinking through and retracing our steps. And maybe I left it over there because I put the key in that door. Or maybe I, no, I don't know if I used that door last. Maybe it's, a, maybe it's this door I put the key in. I'm just trying to find my keys, and I know I have them. They are mine. They're my keys, and they're somewhere. And if I can get back to where I was with them, the last place, where was the last place that I used them? And I have to, in my mind, go back and retrace back my steps. So from verse 16, would you please do this with me this morning? And let's take from verse 16 and retrace back our steps 
and work back through this chapter with me, if you would, to find out this morning how can we have the mind of Christ? How can we be used? It says we have it. Now, are we using it? Are we accessing it? It is like dynamite. It is powerful. And if we just grab a hold of this, please, verse 15, as we do this. Verse 15, he that is spiritual judgeth all things. Yet he himself is judged of no man. He that is spiritual judges all things. Christian, this, this is answered for us right here. It says in verse 14, it says, The natural man receiveth not the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness unto him. Neither can he know them, because they are spiritually discerned. But those who are spiritual, it says in verse 13, compare spiritual things with spiritual. Not spiritual with natural, but spiritual with spiritual. See, the natural can't receive it in verse 14. The natural man. And majority of time, if we're not careful, we will compare spiritual with natural. It doesn't work. That's not the way the Holy Spirit works. Please catch this this morning. Spiritual, says, judgeth all things. Many of you know this. The Holy Spirit is pictured as a dove. Something about doves that's totally different than any other bird is they are more sensitive than any other bird out there. The pigeons, you'll find them feeding on the crumbs, and they'll, they'll come down and swoop down, no problem, doesn't matter if people are around, doesn't matter if business on the streets. New York City, you'll find pigeons. As many of you know, if you've ever been to the boardwalk, you'll see seagulls come down and, and grab a hold of your food or your french fry. There it goes up in the air. But a dove, you never see that happen because a dove is sensitive to anything around it that takes place that is not seeming to be right. And it doesn't hang around. It, it, it flies off and it gets out of there because it seems as if something is going to happen that is wrong. And it's sensitive. I wonder this morning, can we be like the dove of the Holy Spirit? And if something doesn't line up with the Word of God, if, if something just doesn't seem right with God, and, and the Spirit of God is not bearing witness with me, and, and, and I know it's the Spirit of God, it's not my own emotions, it's not my own stirring, it's not my own, my own spirit, and my, my spirit not right, or my spirit is right. No, no, no. It's whether or not the Spirit of God is in tune with the Word of God, and if it's contrary to the Word of God, I'm going to be like the dove, and I'm, I'm not sticking around. I'm not hanging out. I'm not going to be a part of that. I'm not, going to, I'm not going to have anything to do with that because it's not worth me quenching, me grieving the Holy Spirit of God. Do we want the power of God upon this place? Do we want the power of God upon our life? Do we want the power of God more than we want anything else? Do we have a passion for the power of God in our own life that we might see souls saved, that we might, that we might see a stirring in our own heart that God is doing a work unlike any other work. Do you and I believe that we can still have revival in our day? Is that just a word that is just thrown out that we don't really pray for and ask for? I believe we still can. But it takes being spiritual with spiritual, not spiritual to natural. So if I'm going to compare spiritual with spiritual, I've got to be in the Word of God because the Word of God is spiritual. And if I'm not in the Word of God, I'm going to be very tempted to compare spiritual to natural. And that's not the way the Holy Spirit works. Verse 12, it says, Now we have received not the Spirit of the world, 
but the Spirit which is of God. Why? So that we might know the things that are freely given to us of God. Do you realize this morning that God just has a heap full of things that He wants to do in your life? A heap full of things that He wants to do in my life, and He wants to do some big things in our life, and He's ready to give them and freely let go of them if we would take hold of them, and if we would just get in tune with what God wants to do, and God wants to do a work, and He wants to freely, notice please, verse 12, be our teacher. Because, excuse me, verse 13 says, The Holy Ghost teacheth. He wants to be our teacher. But we got to say, God, you're the teacher, I'm not. I'm not to teach. I'm only to Listen, I'm only to be the best student I can be to study to show thyself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. And I want to be the best student, dear God, and God, I want to be close to the teacher. Yesterday, I was helping an older gentleman, and my son and I were working together, and we had the great job of pulling off some vines off of a branch, and you pull on that vine, and the longer that vine is, and the more wrapped around that branch it is, the harder it is to get a hold of and to pull off that branch. How many of you know what I'm talking about? Have you ever messed with the vines that are just a pain? And you're trying to get those vines off, but one thing I notice is it takes time for that vine to go all the way up, but boy, the more time that, it, that it's been given, the more time it's going all the way up, and it's wrapped around that branch so tight and so close to that branch because it, wants to, it has that strength getting closer to the branch. It has the power, and it's difficult to pull that vine off of there, and you better get some major room and better really get some strength pulling back off that vine to break it loose because it's as close as it can be to the branch. And dear people of God, we better get close as we can be to the teacher and to the branch and to the vine that, that God says. He's the vine. We are the branches, and we better be real close with him because he wants to teach us some things he wants us to be a student and it's going to take time to grow and it's it's more difficult to pull them off and pull them down the tighter that they're woven to the teacher because he wants to reveal some things to us verse 10 i hope you're with me as we're backing up we're retracing our steps. I know it's a little bit unusual. I know we go from verse 1 to verse 16 normally, but now I'm having, I'm, hopefully you're paying attention and you're with me this morning. As we've gone from 16, now we're to verse 10. But God hath revealed them unto us by His Spirit. His Spirit is how they're revealed. For the Spirit searcheth all things, yea, the deep things of God. God the Father, God the Son, the Holy Spirit, these three are one, and they want to do big things in our life, and the mind of God is only going to be revealed through, verse 10, revealed by the Spirit of God. It's only going to come through spiritual ways, not, not spiritual to natural, not comparing the natural and spiritual to see if it is. No, spiritual, the, want the power of God it's going to take going after it spiritually. It's going to take walking with God. It's going to take revealing the things that are, look at this, this is exciting. Please notice this with me. Don't miss it. Don't miss it with your eyes and with your ears because verse 9, God has something way better than your eyes and your ears for, me, for you and I today. This is it. It says, as is written, verse 9, I has not seen nor ear heard, neither have entered into the things 
excuse me, neither have entered into the heart of man the things which God hath prepared for them that love him. Now, this verse has been used at funerals at times, but I don't believe it's talking about heaven. I believe it's talking about here and now. And the reason I believe that is because of verse 10. It says, God hath revealed them unto us by His Spirit. His Spirit is working right now. His Spirit can work right now in your heart. It can, it can go down through each and every pew and each and every heart this morning. It's revealed here and now. And it, and it can take place because we've received it and it's something way better than our eyes and ears can even touch, can even listen, can even see. It is beyond that. You know, our eyes take in a lot of information. You know, our ears hear a lot of things. These are faculties that we use all the time, and, and I'm thankful so much for them. And all you have to do is have some trouble. I have a friend that has some trouble with an eye right now, and I'm praying for him, and, and it's difficult. And that's one eye. And, then, and there's people you might know that are not able maybe to see, and maybe they've been blind, and that's a difficult thing. You, know, you recall Fanny Crosby. She was blind. And, and others... But our eyes and ears are something so much better. And the Bible says, God says, He that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says unto the churches. And if you turn away your ear from hearing the law, your prayer will even be an abomination. So get this, please. God has prepared for them that love Him something so much greater than even our eye gate or our ears can hear. Because this is it. The Spirit of God is better than anything that can come through our eyes or our ears. The Spirit of God is better. The Spirit of God is best. And it's revealed unto us right now by a Spirit. And we're, we're speaking about something that is a mystery. Look at verse 7, please. But we speak the wisdom of God in a mystery, even the hidden wisdom which God ordained before the world unto our glory. None of the princes of this world knew, for had they known it, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. By the way, this word mystery is not solving a crime or the story of a crime. It's something that is already taken place in the past and it's revealed now and that's the spirit of god the spirit of god the wisdom of god the mind of god he wants to you and i to have the mind of christ the power of god the wisdom of god the mind of god today here and now so how do we put this to the best use that we can i want to give you some points this morning you might want to write these down because we want to use what God has given to us. I've been very convicted by this verse recently and uh, just very much working in my life. To whom much is given, much is required. And I've been asking the Lord to show me, what, God, what is your will for my life? Much has been given to me. I'm saved. I'm called. I, I, I've had been ordained. I, I've, I've had things come to my life and I have a wonderful family and they're all saved. They all know the Lord. And and, I, and I'm thinking, God, what do you have for my life? And by the way, we all should be asking on a daily basis, God, what do you have for my life? We, we should not take it for granted that we are just in God's will without asking to be in God's will. And God, what do you want for this church? And God, what do you want for this area? And God, what do you want in my life to be right with you? And what is wrong with you? What do I need to be purified and cleansed of? And so to whom much is given, much is required. Why? Verse 5, it says that our faith should not stand in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. If you and I want the power of God, I believe this, there's four words you'll find in this passage of Scripture, and they're already alliterated for us. Praise the Lord, because they just stuck right out to me, and they just kind of popped off the page to me. And you'll notice in verse 1, it says, declaring, 
In verse 2 it says determined. In verse 4 it says demonstration. And then jump to verse 10, it says the deep things of God. And I believe this morning that if you and I want to really have the mind of Christ, and we want to make sure that it's being used, and we want to have the power of God upon our life, that it will be these four things that come out of our life and that show forth that it's true and that it's happening and that it will consume our life. So jump with me, please, to verse 1. Now, we've already made it up to verse 6. So we only have 1 through 6 left for those that are keeping track. But verse 1, it says, "...came not with the excellency of speech or of wisdom, declaring unto you the testimony of God." Number one this morning, we need to be determined to know Jesus. I realize it says declaring under the testimony, but I believe declaring and being determined go together because if you're determined to know Jesus, you're going to declare the testimony of the Lord. The more determined you are to know Jesus, the more you're going to declare about Jesus. And if you get determined to know Jesus, then you'll have no problem declaring Jesus. But anyone can declare Jesus but not be determined to know Jesus. So it takes determining to know Jesus first. And it says it came not with actually a speech or a wisdom. Do you know this morning that anybody can get up here and preach a message? you know this morning that anybody can, can um, command a crowd? Do you know this morning that anyone can be eloquent and anyone can have fancy speech and anyone can put together um, a, a story or anybody can put together um, anything that could tickle your ears or anyone can speak or anyone can have personality or talents or gifts or, or act smart or look smart or, or dress, dress the part. Or, anybody can do that. Anybody can do that. You can have a clever argument up here if you want. You can do things about self and you can try to bring glorification to yourself and you can do whatever you want. You can be very gifted but not just anybody can, should come up here unless they have the power of God upon their life. And when the power of God and the holy unction comes from on high and it falls down to a man of God and the power of God upon their life, that's the one I want to listen to. That's the, that's the word of God that I want to hear. Because if they don't have the power of God, you can tickle some ivories, you can tickle some ears. But if you get somebody that gets the power of God upon their life, then now something's going to happen. Now something greater than eyes or ears can, can see or hear. Now the power of God is going to fall fresh on us. And the Spirit of God is going to do a move. And it's going to be a still, small voice. And it's going to be quiet. And you're going to have to listen for it. And you're going to have to be real quiet to what God has to say. Because He doesn't yell. And He doesn't... No, He speaks softly and tenderly. Jesus is called. And I want to be determined to know Jesus. And I want the Spirit of God to fall fresh on me again. Do you want the Spirit of God to fall fresh on you? When's the last time you and I can say the Spirit of God is upon my life? It has fallen fresh on me. Not because I'm using that as bragging rights. Nope, that's not the Spirit of God. It has nothing to do with the Spirit of God. The Spirit of God is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, meekness, faith, gentleness, goodness, holiness, righteousness, Huh? Humility, surrendered, it's sacrifice, it's, it's gentleness and goodness, it's determined to know, not know anything among you. Verse 2, save Jesus Christ and Him crucified. That's it. Dear one, that's all that matters. Jesus Christ and Him crucified is all that matters. It doesn't matter anything else. 
It's, his testimony, the testimony of the Lord, is pure, is perfect, it's impeccable. He's an example of all examples. He's holy, he's righteous, he's good, he's, he's right, he's merciful, he's so kind. And the testimony of the Lord is only going to happen because we're determined to know Jesus Christ and him crucified. Are you and I determined to get to know Jesus better today? Is our heartbeat Jesus? We have what we need. We have all we need right within our reach. But I want to ask you today, how well are you and I getting to know Jesus? Do you know Jesus better today than you did yesterday? Will you know Jesus better tomorrow than you do today? You know Him, He dwelleth with you, and He shall be in you. 1 Corinthians 6, 19 says, What, know ye not? Your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost, which is in you, which ye have of God, and ye are not your own. Ye are bought with a price. Therefore glorify God in your body and your spirit, which are God's. I'm asking you this morning, yes, each one of us, how determined are you and I to get to know Jesus? Has this time in our church's life prompted you, pushed you, to get to know Jesus better, that's a good thing. That's a great thing. And I pray that that's the case for, for me and for my life. But each and every day we should be on a quest to get to know Christ better. More about Jesus would I know. More of his grace to others show. More of his saving, fullness see. More of his love who died for me. You know, Paul said in Philippians that I may know him and the power of his Resurrection, the fellowship of sufferings being made conformable unto his death. David, he went after God to know him better. He said, O oh God, thou art my God, early will I seek thee. My soul thirsteth for thee, my flesh longeth for thee, in a dry and thirsty land where no water is. As a heart panteth in water books, so my soul panteth in thee, O oh God. And they that know thy name will put their trust in thee, for thou, Lord, hast not forsaken them that seek thee. Psalm 53, it says, God looked down from heaven upon the children of men to see if there were any that did understand and seek God. Moses, you know, the one who led the Egyptians, or excuse me, the Israelites out of Egypt. You know, Moses, Moses wanted to know God better and so much so that he said, God, I'm going to have an argument with you to know you better. He said, therefore, I pray thee, I have found grace in thy sight. Show me now thy way that I may know thee, that I may find grace in thy sight. But he said, God, would you show me your glory? I beseech thee, show me thy glory. See, out of anything, how badly you want something is to know Jesus and to be determined to know Christ and him crucified. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is and that he is a reward of them that diligently, diligently seek him. My sheep hear my voice and I know them and they follow me. A.W. Tozer said it this way, the world is perishing for lack of knowledge of God, and the church is famished, malnourished, because it doesn't desire the presence of God enough. See, those you want to know, you introduce yourself to. Those you want to know, you get to know. There's nothing you can do to stop getting to know them because you are determined to know them. And you'll go out of your way to know Whoever it might be, may it be Jesus today. May it be Jesus tomorrow. May it be Jesus this week and this month. And you can't know God if you haven't taken Him as your Savior. I wonder this morning if there might be someone who has not even come to the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. And you need to trust Him. You need to put your complete faith, belief in Him. 
accept him and take him as your own. Paul preached Christ crucified. That means that Paul didn't preach positive thinking. No, Paul preached that people were sinners and that Christ died for sinners. Paul preached that the only hope for sinners is a crucified Christ. Paul didn't water down the message of the cross. He wasn't seeking the approval of man. He says, woe is to me if I preach not the gospel. He says, if I was trying to please men, I would not be the servant of Christ. No, he preached the doctrine of sin, judgment, hell, heaven, substitution, redemption, propitiation, reconciliation, justification, faith, repentance, and salvation. The cross, Christ crucified is what he preached, and it touches every phase of the Christian life and every phase of our Christian faith. Every phase of it, it touches. And Paul was saying Christ and him crucified. He believed in it so much, so much so that even in, in verse 23 it says, But we preach Christ crucified. Unto them which are called both Jews and Greeks, Christ, the power of God, the wisdom of God. Chapter 1 and verse 25 it says, Because the foolishness of God is wiser than men, and the weakness of God is stronger than men. Did you catch that? The foolishness of God. The foolishness of God is wiser still than men. And the weakness of God is still stronger than men. And the only message which will transform lives is the message of the cross. Faith in the crucified Christ. Secondly, this morning, if you using the mind of God and you want to have the mind of Christ, you want the power of God upon yours and my life, then secondly, we've got to demonstrate God's power. In verse 4, please notice with me, it says, And my speech and my preaching was not with enticing words of man's wisdom, but in demonstration of the Spirit and of power. You will look up that word demonstration. It's actually stirring up emotions. You say, oh, I, I have no problem with that. Or, or, you know, or you don't know who my friends are. Wait a second. It's not stirring up emotions. Just emotions. It's stirring up holy emotions. I wonder when's the last time we stirred up somebody's holy emotions. Not just stirred up our emotions. I got some emotions. I got some feelings. Yeah, they're fickle. They, they come and go each and every day. They're different. I feel good today. I feel bad tomorrow. Demonstration is to stir up holy emotions. Not just emotions but holy emotions. I wonder when's the last time you and I were able to affect somebody in a holy way. When's the last time, if I may, when's the last time you even heard the word holy? When's the last time we had a message on the word holy and being holy? Be holy as I am holy, God says. When's the last time we heard anything about purity, about righteousness, about uprightness? Oh, there's a need for it. There's still a need for it today. And, and so we've got to demonstrate holy emotions. Be holy as I am holy, God says. Why? That your faith should stand. Verse 5, that your faith should stand. By the way, none of us are holy until we come to a holy God. And we've got to ask God for his help in this matter. You and I cannot do this on our own. And so, man, I tell you, we must ask for it. We must ask for it. In Luke eleven thirteen, 13, it says, If ye then been evil, know how to give good gifts unto your children. How much more shall your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to them that just want it? To them that just think they have it? No, to them that ask Him. We must ask. We must ask God for it. Living a spiritual life requires asking. It requires a quick 
please catch this, a quick response to sin. Not living with sin, not messing around with it, not tempting the Holy Spirit. No, the Holy Spirit doesn't go for a life of pretense, but it goes for a life of genuineness, realness, getting things right with God if they're wrong. A spirit-filled life runs from sin and embraces holiness. Holiness. Yes, the word holiness is still in the Word of God. It's very much God. It's very much all about God. God is holy. Be holy. Catch this, please. Being filled with the Spirit is not getting more of the Spirit in my life. i got to get more. i got to get more. No, it's this. We have all we need. We have all we need. It is allowing the Spirit of God to get more of me. I hope you caught that this morning. It's not, i got to get more and more of the Spirit. No, it's allowing the Spirit of God to get more of me. So it sounds like I put myself on the altar. I sacrifice myself to God and say, God, I want the Holy Spirit of God to fall fresh on me. I want to be filled with your Spirit, and I don't want anything else more than that. And so the Welsh revival, a policeman was standing outside and As he's standing outside, a young man heard of the Welsh Revival, and something was happening. Something was great going on in the Welsh Revival. And so he asked the policeman, where can I find, where can I find the Welsh Revival? Something I heard is really going on great. And the policeman stood to attention, and he said, young man, it's right below these buttons. And it starts with the heart. See, it starts with you. It starts with me. We want revival, but we got to start with the people of God. And the Holy Spirit has got to live in every Christian. Yes, it lives in every Christian, but we got to get more of Him. And, and he, not, no, not more of Him, no. Him, get more of me. And so I better give Him my heart, and I better surrender and sacrifice my life to Him. And, and let her be, i got to obey His promptings. And so when He speaks, I better listen, and not just listen, but i got to obey, and i got to follow, and And before you know it, if we don't listen to it, we won't hear it. And before we know it, it's just noise. And Vance Havner said, we say we depend on the Holy Spirit and want the Holy Spirit's working, but actually we are so wired up with our own devices that if the fire does not fall from heaven, we can turn on a switch and produce false fire on our own. Boy, that's good. And it takes corporately, it takes privately. We've got to obey His promptings because this is what happens for, lastly, those who want to go deeper with Christ. Do you want to go deeper? I have something deep for you this morning. Deep things must go deeper. That's deep. We've been given the most powerful resources right in our fingertips, and we have all we need. The Holy Spirit of God Deep things of God, the Spirit starts with all things, verse 10, deep things of God. See, deeper, the Holy Spirit is not ignored. Deeper, immediate listening. Deeper is immediate obedience. Deeper, the Holy Spirit doesn't want to be the guest. He wants to be a family member. The Holy Spirit doesn't want to be resident. He wants to be president and king of our life. How badly do you and I want to go deep with God? So anyone can just step through a rain and and a puddle. Anyone can go through the shallow, shallow water but I, I, wanna, I don't want to stay in the shallow water. I, wanna, I don't want to play in a little splash pool. I want to go deeper with God. I want to dive in and not hit my head because I it was diving into a little splash pool. And you jump in and, and deeper and go deeper. And, 
And, it, and you go deeper, it makes a current, and, and something happens. And Peter was cast out of the deep, and David had a deeper than ever, anyone else because he threw that, those stones to Goliath. And Joshua led the march around Jericho, and Noah built the ark, and Gideon blew the trumpet because they were willing to go deeper. Naaman, he dipped into the, the pool of Bethesda, not just one, two, three, four, Five, six, no, but seven times because he went deeper and, brought, and that brought healing. And, and Daniel was willing to stand for right. That's deep. And Elijah was, was called out to God. And he would have stayed in the shallow water, but, but no, he would have missed out what was in the deep if he would have done that. And Jesus Christ came from heaven to this earth, and that's deeper. He went deep. And I'm so glad he did because he came to human flesh and he died for me and he descended to die for the sins of mankind. And and heaven can be my future because I want to go deep with God and God has come into my heart and I want to continue to go deeper and deep things of God come to those who go deeper in their walk with God and it doesn't just happen, it's not just going to take place and so the question I have for all of us this morning is this we have all we need it's whether or not we're using what we have do you ask God God I want the mind of Christ God, I want the power of God upon my life. There's nothing more than I want. God, I want to just preach you and you crucified. Anybody can say all kinds of words and have all kinds of stories. But the power of God, I want that to rest upon my life. I want the power of God more than anything. How determined are you to know God? Is there a demonstration that you're stirring up holy emotions? Not getting things stirred up amongst the body, amongst your family, amongst your friends, but stirring up holy emotions so that they would look more like Jesus because you showed them Jesus. I need God's help in this. And I, I have a stinking suspicion that I'm not the only one this morning. And the more we want the mind of Christ, the more we want the power of God, then we've got to go deeper. And we've got to determine if there's anybody in this room, I hope that each one of us feels right now, I'm going to be determined, if no one else is determined, I'm going to be determined to get to know Christ. And if you don't know Christ today, this is a great time to do so. Let's bow with me, would you please, in prayer. Well, we come to you, and I thank you for this passage of Scripture. We went through the whole chapter, chapter 2 of 1 Corinthians 2. And Lord, I pray in some way or another that this is spoken to our heart in such a way that we desire to know more of you. We're determined to know God. And only one life soon will pass. But only what's done for Christ will last. Thanks again for watching us online today. If you haven't done so already, please fill out a digital connection card so we know how to better serve you this week. For encouragement throughout your week, you can listen to past sermons by searching Open Bible Baptist Church on the Apple Podcast or Google Play Store. If you'd like to give today, you could give online at openbiblenj.org. Thanks again for joining us today. We'll see you on the next broadcast.